The Weekly Dish podcast is brought to you by Lakewinds Co-op in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, and Richfield with delivery from Instacart. There's no membership required to shop at Lakewinds. All are welcome. Check out lakewinds.com, and if you can't make it to a Lakewinds, please visit your local food co-op in the neighborhood near you. Hi, it's Stephanie Hansen for The Weekly Dish, and the produce section at Lake Winds is in full autumn harvest swing. Locally grown apples like First Kiss, Zestar, Harrelson, and Sweet Tango are here. All the apples you'll find at Lake Winds have been grown using the best methods for delivering tasty, healthy, fresh apples. Use them in salads or as snacks with peanut butter or cheese and in all those delicious baked goods. We're also getting into winter squash season, and I make a killer curry squash soup that is so easy. Turn your oven on to 450 degrees and roast squash, onions, and apples until they're soft. Then blend them with a tablespoon of curry powder and vegetable stock. Serve it all with a swirl of coconut cream or sage leaves fried until crispy for a hearty fall favorite. Lake Winds just isn't natural food. They're also a great resource for recipes and cooking tips. Listeners can visit lakewinds.com to see videos of local chefs like Beth Dooley making a roasted squash salad. Don't miss out on the last of the local growing season. Enjoy the best that fall in Minnesota has to offer with Lake Winds located in Minnetonka, Chanhassen, Richfield, or online at lakewinds.com slash delivery. Get my nom, nom, nom on with the my top chicks and we will eat on Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And we are here to inform you of all the food craziness that is happening in the Twin Cities and around anywhere else. Um, I have to, oh, thank you. I have to tell you guys that, let's just start with the weather report because it's a little bum, chilly. Bum, bum. It's a little chilly. And here's the thing it snowed this week. <laughs> My husband moved in the snow. Did was it sort of? I can't believe that you guys moved. Your husband moved in the snow because triple A movers. Yeah, that's nuts, man. Yeah, they did a great job, but yeah, moving all your odds and ends and all the stuff that you'd just like have on the lawn and you know, nope, just every single thing thrown into the garage. But he he didn't. I mean, like he didn't load up his own truck. You guys had people do we it. We had right? triple A okay. movers. Yeah. Okay. Two that, guys. I just wanted to make sure that that. Was but you the know, choice. like you can't have the movers move. Like the laundry baskets, you know, they kind of move the furniture in the boxes. Yeah. And then like, oh, we have these 10 pound weights, these 12 pound weights, these eight pound weights, these five pound weights, you know, just weird, random oh, that stuff. Kind of stuff, garage yeah. stuff. I don't know. I've, you guys, I think I've had movers one time in my whole life. It's such a glorious thing. I, when we moved last time, two times ago, I was like, that's it. I'm never not moving with movers again. Yeah. And it's, you know. That's what I hear. It's an investment. But That's what everyone says. But my I still back think is much better for it. Yes. Well, and I think like yeah, <laughs> we know actually when I was hanging out with the boys in Chicago last weekend, we were laughing about we were remembering we've moved Megan like a hundred times. <laughs> I feel like we've all done this thing where I'm like, oh, remember that couch and remember that apartment we had to t- carry it up there. This elevator smells like that that one apartment she used to live in. I mean, like we all have a collective memory of moving Megan like. I feel like every year in her 20s, she moved. That's funny. And my daughter, like every time it was time for, oh, can you, oh, I've got class. 
oh, I've got this. I was like, you wait, kid. You are only young and you are going to probably move five more oh, times. Oh, she's going to move a lot when That's she's... That's right. Yeah. And I bet you're going to want your dad's help, kid. Uh-huh. She's got to learn that, man. That's, That's right. right. Holy moly. Well, I got to tell you that moving is hard, but have you just, have you gotten into your kitchen? Like, do you feel like, have you cooked? You've cooked a meal in your kitchen. I think I did. we saw. I, I laughed because as I was moving... First of all, I have a lot of food. As you guys know, I pandemic prepared and I'm still eating it down. I really realized the other day that I have so much rice. It is really ridiculous. I I had like six cans of corn. (laughs) And who needs that much canned corn? Canned corn. No one. No, and I still think that like the spinach that I have, you know, I'm never, you know, that's like, that's like, that's the when I'm into the dead. The last meal. The last bits, right? Cans of green beans, which... I mean, canned green beans are not even good. I mean, but they have a weird, you know, taste, school, (laughs) color, memory, cafeteria. (laughs) Yeah. I I need to put them in a casserole is what I need to do. Yeah, you do. Like, because that's the only way you'd use those. So I did at one point I've moved like one can of sauerkraut, Frank sauerkraut. This is my third move. I was like, okay, you're done. You're just you're not making it. So that I. I have moved and the dishes are in their right places and the glassware. I have gone from um, cupboards to drawers for pans and pots. I like drawers. Okay. That's, well, I, I like new it. For I got to think about it. And I feel like I do. I need to have like paper towel between them because I'm stacking them all. Were you into... never stacking your pans before? Not really. Oh, wow. Yeah, so space. I'm thinking like, are they <laughs> going like to get jamming scratchy? Everything in, yeah. I mean, I have everything jammed into the places. I used to have drawers for my plates. Like, I have drawers for plates, you too. You stick your plates in these big stacks in the drawers. Yep. I like that. I have that. I, I think my biggest issue is I have a lot of stuff, and I don't have a lot of room for food, and I have a lot of food. Just... I didn't, I mean, so many spices. So maybe that's a good thing that you can start paring down. Well... The thing is, you're right, except for, like, I'm into a linen closet as a pantry. And that's completely full of food and spices and potatoes and onions and stuff. So even if I get rid of some spices, it's not going to clear up enough that it's going to make any difference. I'm still going to have to use a linen closet as a pantry. Do you do you, do you have a need for linens in your linen closet? Yes, oh, but I will okay. put those in my clothes closet. <laughs> it's just, and Kurt, my husband... I, I don't know. This is sexist, I'm sure. Like, he just has an opinion about everything. Because he put, is a human and lives in a house? Uh, I, I mean, if who cares where the coffee cups are? He does. <laughs> I, I also really? had, like, 52 yeah. coffee cups, and I'm, I this was like, This is a man okay. who also buys you clothes. And, like, yes. so this is all yes. part and parcel. So you, if you're a woman who gets to have a guy who buys you clothes that are nice, then he also gets to decide where the coffee cups are. Probably. Yeah. He's like, do we really need these cognac snifters? I'm like, well, No. Need no. I when was the last time we served cognac? Probably never, but we did serve sambuca once. Oh, so wow. you never know when you're gonna need those. Do you oh have all that God. kind of stuff. <sighs> yeah, you have to. I don't know. I feel like I'm as I'm getting older, I am paring down. It feels like you're still adding things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did pare down a lot, like, just not I, enough. I don't have any champagne flutes. I serve it in my white wine glasses. You know what oh, I mean? Like I that love kind of stuff. My champagne flutes. I hate champagne. Flutes, I have so maybe those that's Marie also Antoinette cups. No, no, coops are different. Yeah, coops are for cocktails. <laughs> but like those flutes, 
I, somebody served me champagne in a flute the other day, like within the last month. And I was like, oh, I hate these. <laughs> like the idea that you're like, oh, and you're tipping it and your nose is in the way. And it's this long, weird glass. Why? That's funny. Isn't it something about the bubble ratio? Or... In the 80s, it was supposed to help track the bubbles towards your face. <laughs> in and the all, 80s. That's what they decided. But honestly, everybody who I know who knows anything about bubbles serves them in white wine glasses because it gives you air and it gives you, it actually gives them more. Or, uh, you know, traction. It's not, it's not such a beeline right to your face. I will say one thing. I have an office for the first time. I had an office, but it was in my bedroom. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time at the rollaway desk in my bedroom. And I decided to make my office only full of things I really like. And that was really like... Does this and it's it's dishware and joy and all the it's, rest. Yeah, it's dish. I got rid of a lot of cookbooks and I'm kind of sad I did because now I have room for more. Oh, but I put your oh. dishes in your on your cookbook shelf. Yeah. And that's what I'm doing. That's what I do. Yeah. Just kind of making it feel like my room of the stuff that inspires me and makes me feel happy. Yeah. So there's some stuff that isn't making me feel happy that I could probably get rid of. Yeah. And now that you're in a smaller space, I mean, like, to me, that's the point is I definitely moved with more things than I would ever need. You know, I definitely brought more things than I. And then the subsequent trips to Goodwill was quite amazing. Yeah. You know, and just how many loads I would take of like, don't need any of this. And like, and actually, it took me a couple of years for some stuff, you know, yep. two years in. And I'm like, oh, you know, I didn't even unbox that. So I might as well just shuffle it off to the old Goodwill or yep. Arks Valley Village or whoever, you yep. know. And I did get rid of a lot of stuff, but even things like hot pads, like how many hot pads do you need? Oh, I have so many tea towels and they, and this is a thing. I do like tea towels. I though. do too. I use them. Well, I use them, but I have an, an, an enormous amount, like to the point where, and I keep, I buy vintage ones and then my mom gives me them and I always like hers better. And so then I have all these vintage ones that I don't use. I do use them, but it's like. You know, <laughs> that's your thing. Tea towels. It's I not also my thing like that's the other thing. It's not like a thing that I like love. I just have them. Yes. Linens are kind of like that. Like, I think that's it. Yeah. I don't have the... linens. I mean, I have like I have like really great, nice linen napkins and I have a couple tablecloths that I've, you know, from the restaurant life that, you know, because they are indestructible. Yeah. And I have that kind of stuff for like when we do something weird or special. But I have I don't like use four them. sets of placemats, like the oh, holiday I, placemats, the yeah, Thanksgiving placemats. Yeah. I don't have any placemats. I have the dining you have, like room. napkin rings? Yeah, I got rid of those, but okay. I do have napkins. And then I have like the linens that go on the dining room table that were from my grandma. Yeah, so I don't have any of that either. <sighs> it's uh, all... I know. Well, all right. Well, but good I luck have on moved. your move. You what? I have moved. You it have has moved. happened. That's, what That's we're weird saying. too. Going to your old like we had to go to the old house. We had to clean it. And then like the time you lock the door for the last time, I was like, oh, bye. I don't feel like I was at this house long enough to. No, this is a weird one for you because this was, it. A, this was a total stepping stone. Yeah. Just to the next space. Yeah. And who knows how long <laughs> that I'll be, be in this space. I know. Probably. Well, the other thing of it is you don't have a one space. You are, you already, you have two other homes up north. I do. So it's not like you're not fully only invested in this. No. So you're nomadic in that way. And, and you have a van and you live in a van <laughs> and you live in. I do kind of have you're a You're kind of nomadic. <laughs> yeah. So I don't find that you have anything to, you know, like, you know, it's just a space in the end. 
if I learned anything over <laughs> the last couple of years, it's just a space. That's right. Yeah. All right, gang, we actually have a really great show today. Um, we have a very cool announcement coming at the end of this hour, right before ta- uh, the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. Um, but it looks like we're going to talk about some soup. And soup. I'm super excited because it's soup season. Uh, we got Mike Brown calling in later, and um, we're going to talk about just a lot of fun stuff. So stay tuned. This is the Weekly Dish. Hey, everybody. It's Steph March for Common Ground, Minnesota. And I just want to tell you how glad I am that we have a resource for farmers and food and agriculture in Minnesota. We are so lucky. It's one of the biggest things that our state is known for. And sometimes I feel like we don't get a chance to actually talk to farmers and find out what they're doing. And Common Ground, Minnesota is a, is, is a place on Facebook where you can ask questions about how your food is grown right here from local farmers. These are women who are volunteering their time to answer your questions and to engage in conversation. Plus, they'll show you cute farm pictures of their dogs. I mean, what's better than that? And they post recipes. What could be better than that? Common Ground Minnesota is a resource for you guys, and it's all volunteer-led. And I just encourage everybody, if you're curious about your food and where it comes from and the farming that is going on in Minnesota, you want to get to Common Ground Minnesota on Facebook. Hello, everybody. We are Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us on My Talk 1071. We spend all morning talking with you about food and fun. Did you just open again? I did. <laughs> you did. I did. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm a little scattered in my thoughts, but I was at my dad's. So last weekend, I left to go to my dad's because he's not doing great and has been sick. And he has um, in-home care and my stepmom is trying to manage things and the one thing that I was like, okay, I know what I can do. I can cook. Yeah. That's what I do. That's it. And I also realized that I cook when I'm anxious. I cook when I'm nervous. I cook when I'm happy. I cook when I'm sad. Like it is the way I express every emotion is standing and cutting something through food, which is also, I don't know why I'm 50 years old and just became self-aware of that. But so, um, I, I, the first thing I do is I drive into town and I go to the grocery store. Yep. I didn't even stop there first because I thought, I'm not going to ask her what she has. I'm just... So I knew I was going to make spaghetti and meatballs. I knew that I was going to make some uh, chicken, something with a roast chicken. And then I thought, well, I'll make soup with the leftovers. So the first night I was there, I went, I roasted the chicken. It was amazing. What I realized as the beautiful chicken is on the platter is... I've never cut the chicken. Kurt's always cut the chicken. What do you mean? I've never like cut the roast chicken. So (laughs) I know it's a weird thing, but I was like, oh, chicken. It's like a, you mean like you've never just like pulled the chicken off of a chicken carcass? No, not like (laughs) it's, you know how you cut it and like you put the roast chicken on the platter and then like you can cut it into pieces or cut it. Like I'd never done that. Okay. So I'm Googling. Like, how do you cut a roast chicken? And I kind of, I mean, I knew that you cut like the breast off and then kind of lay it. But then it, it just but sort you've, of. you've like spatchcocked a chicken before. So you yes, know, like raw chicken. Yeah. But not when it's fully cooked and you're at the table. And I'd made gravy and the whole ball of wax. So that was just kind of a weird realization. Like, huh, I've never done this. That's weird. So, yeah, I'm like, do I cut it? Do I knife it? I basically cut the breasts off and laid those out because that's the meat everybody wanted anyway. And then the rest of it, I was like trying to cut it. I I actually should show you a picture during the break. You're going to laugh out loud. It just looked terrible. Like 
just chicken pieces falling everywhere, but it was funny. So, okay, <clears throat> that's night number one. Night number two is now I have this chicken and I'm going to make chicken noodle soup. So I get all the stuff and I get it all ready. And I just realized when I was making this chicken noodle soup, chicken noodle soup, like always reminded me of my mom. Like that was a thing you made sick people. Mm -hmm. And so I got real emotional in making this chicken noodle soup and it felt good to be making something that my dad liked. Yeah. So um, I made the chicken noodle soup with the carcass and, you know, made the stock and then put the chicken back in and all the stuff. And then like, do you have a thing about chicken, like the noodles you use in chicken noodle soup? Uh, no. Do you make your own? Do you just make use... my own noodles? Yeah. Not for chicken noodle soup. So what kind do you use? Whatever. Usually it's whatever's in the cupboard. You know what I mean? We, we're, we're sort of a fat short noodle house, you know, that's preferred. So I often have like, you know, the bow ties or the radiatore or the And you fusilli. put those in the soup. Yeah. I okay. put anything that I have in the soup. All I, right. I just don't put the long, I don't put spaghetti or like yeah. linguine in there. But I mean, it doesn't, I don't have to have a certain noodle in order to Okay. So I was like all of a sudden I, and I was at the store and I always buy those Reese's kind of egg noodles that are frozen. Oh. Um, but this time they didn't have those because I was in Wisconsin and I don't know why they didn't have them, but they didn't. So then I bought some like thick kind of ribbony, fresh egg noodle pasta. Things. You, you like an egg noodle? Yeah. Or? And so it was good. It was good. But I made the soup and uh, I used Meredith Deeds recipe, which also puts cream in at the end. Mm. Um, Meredith Deeds, who has filled in on our show before, is uh, she has a cookbook that has 300 has soups in it. a lot of cookbooks. Yeah. And the soup cookbook is still like a number one bestseller. It's got tons of soup recipes in it. And she has a creamy chicken noodle soup. And I use that recipe generally. And at the end, you just put like a like a little bit of cream in it. That really makes a great chicken noodle soup. And mm. it makes it feel a little more richer. Mm -hmm. um, but then I started thinking about soups. And my mom used to make a beef barley soup. And I asked my dad about it. And he was like, yeah, your mom made the best beef soup. Because she'd make a pot roast, yeah. and then she'd use the leftover pot roast to make a beef barley soup the next day. Did your mom make beef barley soup? No. She made split pea with ham. Um, very German, you Yum. know. She made, uh, what other soups did she make? Um, that was always the one that I think of most. I don't think she made a barley soup in my mind. Yeah, barley is kind of a weird thing, but it's yeah. delicious. Yeah. We used to make a barley soup um, when I was married, and we had we used to have... Uh, election night, funny enough, we had election night parties that was soup and sandwiches. So we'd make this huge barley, you know, tomato Italian barley soup. Yum. And then we'd have like stacks of different kinds of breads and meats and everything else. And that was that. That, that was, sounds was fun, fun to we have had... an election night party, though. Not this year. Cause... No. Well, quite honestly, we stopped after 2000 because that was, you know, we used to have all the great. It was always bipartisan, you know, lots of people from both sides of the aisle and everything else. And. And then uh, 2000 was the night, you know, was like it didn't get resolved. And so we had to kick everybody out because I was like, you guys have got to go home because <laughs> this is not going to I have got to go to bed and go to work tomorrow. So what kind of we decided that was it. And then ever since then, it's just sort of been like a weird more, you know, it's just gotten weird. It's gotten very aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got divorced. So who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was thinking about soups for kids and Meredith Deeds has a good lasagna soup. Yeah. So many. I know my sister sent me a text last night that was like, oh, my gosh, my school system is going back to fully online school. Yeah, I think a lot of people are. There's a lot of reports that 
Uh, I think there's like 19 schools in the state right now that are moving back. Yeah. So, and she was just like, oh, it's a hard one. Yeah. So I thought, well, maybe lasagna soup would be a good thing to make for her and the kids. I did a recipe for instant pot chicken wild rice soup while I was there. Yeah. Um, because I was craving chicken wild rice soup. And I was realizing like in other parts of the country, wild rice isn't really a thing necessarily. So. You know, that's a unique kind of Minnesota thing. Yeah. No, it is. It's a. Yeah. And I was posting it. I, I did the recipe and then I posted it on our weekly dish instant potters, which is where um, we have a Facebook group. Yep. And I was thinking like, because there's a lot of people in that group from the South and oh, all yeah. over. So I thought that was interesting. But you can still get cans of, I mean, you can get cans of wild rice. Do you know that? I did know that, yeah. but I haven't seen them for a long time. Yeah. No, they're just, I, in fact, I look at them almost every time I'm at the grocery store because I'm like, uh should I buy some of that and see what I can do with it? Or, and I think I might have a can or two in my big, you know, cupboard, but because I, and then I have bags of wild rice, you know, that I get from up North. Yeah. But here's a trick um, for, as I was doing soup recipes, if you don't want to use like a cornstarch or a thickener or you're gluten-free, you can um, puree the rice. So the wild rice, yeah, and it gives it more of that substantive texture. Yeah. And that would be a great use of a canned wild rice because it's a little mushier, I think. Yeah, it is mushier. And then white rice, too. Like, you could just blend that up to give it some more thickness. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about soups that I I always like. I I like this soup. It's called Zupa Toscana, and it is a riff off of a soup that they have at the Olive Garden and our friend Stacy Crane made it once at this cabin and I was like why is this soup so good it's pork and kale yeah in soup and it has like a kind of it's a chickeny broth but it also has some cream in it oh so I stole her recipe and amped it up a little bit and made that and then also thinking about soups that you miss I was thinking about quang so I'm gonna think I'm gonna get some go quang. get some quang yeah Seriously. for sure some pho oh I so, love it Oops. There it is. Soup, soup season. Soup. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Uh, guess what? We have a very kind of a special. I think I'm more excited about this than anybody because I'm a nerd. You're excited about it because the rest of us don't really know what it is. I, you, well, like, I haven't talked about it yet. <laughs> you, and you texted me and you're like, can we do this? I'm like, yeah, I don't get it. But yeah, let's do it. Okay. So here's what we're talking about. Let me just backstory the fact that, uh, you know, we obviously have done our cookbook swap for a long time. Yes. Right? And we would have done it in October. Right. And, and it would have been epic because I got rid of, well, I did cookbook swap on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And it's had not people the same. come to my house. It's not the same. But we, you had a garage sale on Instagram is what you did. All right. So. But with Cookbook Swap, one of the things that I love about it is that we get to see people and we get to meet people and talk about the books we love. And, you know, and then people give us their family's books. Yes. And we have recipe cards that flow from them. And it's always kind of magical. And obviously we couldn't do that this year. Um, But one of the things that we'd always talked about during Cookbook Swap was we should have a recipe swap, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, is that we don't want to do chain mail. <laughs> we don't want to do one of those chain mail. Like if you sign up and then six people will send you if you send, you know. And everybody sends those to me thinking that I'm the great person to do them. Mm-hmm. I don't do them. No. Just and, so you know, and for the record, you, I ruined the chain. Right. And this is why 
I think this is a little bit more exciting. Okay, so <laughs> the other day I was working, I was looking through, I was thinking about cookbook swaps and I was thinking about cookbooks and I was flipping through my old books, my old cookbooks, and I was pulling out these old recipes and I was looking at them and thinking about it. And then I was thinking about it in terms of what uh, this woman from New York, Rachel Syme, she's a writer at The New Yorker, and what she has done, and it kind of hit me what we should do. Okay. So what Rachel has done is she has set up during this quarantine time uh, what's called Penpalooza. Penpalooza. And she basically this summer's put out a thing on the socials being like, oh, I'm kind of cooped up in my New York apartment, and I'm wondering if anybody wants a pen pal. And she got 25 people right away who were like, yeah, 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 I want to be a pen pal. I need I need mail. And it's the, also, of course, the idea of supporting the post office, right? So she said, she's like, wow, okay, well, let's just have a sign up. And she had 25 people sign up. And then she realized that more and more people were like, I want to be a pen pal. I want to be a pen pal. And she opened it. And so she found some software, this Elfster Secret Santa type software and or, you know, an app. And she basically opened it up. 5,000 people signed up to be pen pals. Wow. <laughs> 5,000 people are on the website on her Elfster app and they have signed up to be pen pals and, and it so, is international. There and are so people, they're going to write something they, and then someone writes them and here's how it works. And this is what they're doing it. And if you hashtag Penpalooza, if you look it up on Twitter or uh, I think on Instagram too, um, you can see what people are doing and what this is. This is a male movement and it's so wonderful for people who like tactile things like print and paper and pens and the beautiful people who still buy cookbooks, which I know is all of us. So what they're doing, people are doing is they're sending letters back and forth and and different things. And they're sending art and their drawings and all this beautiful correspondence via the mail. And it it's great because what happens is you sign up and then you get a letter. You get an address of a, another person, but a whole other person gets your address. So really, it's like you've got two people to okay. deal, to play with. So what I was thinking is we should do this for recipe cards and recipes and kitchen tips and whatever. So I set up on that same software a thing called Feast Mail is what we're going to call it. Okay. Hashtag Feast Mail. And what I want to know is if you guys want to sign up and play this game with us. Because I think it's going to be a lot of fun, especially during feast season, to sort of put something together and actually handwrite or even print out if you want to, but then put a personal note, maybe a personal kitchen tip, and you get a kitchen pen pal. You could swap you could swap cookbooks, you could swap recipes, you could even swap handmade food if you want to, if you trust each other at some yep. point. <laughs> <laughs> if you want me to bring you any of my mason jars of soup. Yes, you'd have to send that through the mail, though. But so the marvelous thing is like you don't, you know, they'll nobody will see your address other than the person who gets it to be sent up. So it's not like this giant list where you're going to get a ton of spam. It's hidden, everybody else. And then and then I think it's just one of those things like you can do it once. You can maybe have a correspondence with this person and it could be someone from anywhere because we're going to sign up. We're going to put a link up that you can go up and set up and sign in and then you can basically I mean we're going to open it up that for people to other invite other people. So anybody can sign into that link. So you could sure. send it to your mom, you know, in New York or you can send it to your cousin in California and say you should sign up for this. So I'm kind of excited by this, the potential that we have to have a big recipe card swap. Don't you Amazing. think? Amazing, yes. I, I think I'm excited because also the thing about, I was going through my vintage cookbooks, 
And seeing all the things tucked in, you know, the little recipes and everything tucked into the pages and knowing that like those are things that other people gave to other people. Like, Like this is a woman who she obviously got this card from somebody else and she tucked it in her book. You know, and I thought about it and I was like, we don't do that. We do that because we post and post and post recipes ad nauseum. But there's something about that handwritten thing that is just like, and you don't have to have a recipe box, you know. But I mean, if you want to start making one, I think that would be kind of cool. I have an empty recipe box up at the cabin that we could fill. And do you have like your mom's recipes or do you have other people's recipes? I do. And I... Um, my mom's box was kind of funny because once I actually went through it, it was mostly cards from other people. Yeah. And very few of her actual handwritten recipes and a lot of the Lunds and Byerly's like cards that you grab when you're running out of the store. And there's a, so that was kind of funny. I also have like three ring binders when people would give me like you wrote down your ice cream recipe on a napkin and that's in the three ring binder. (laughs) So I have some of those at the lake. But that's the thing, right? I mean, think of how many times you jot down little things and whatever. I have a ton of scraps. Poppy seed cake recipe. I have Uh, post-it notes that I have no idea what it is, but it's just instructions. Yes. And I'm like, okay, so one cup of flour is going to end one thing of this. I'm like, oh, I wonder what this does. Like, how am I supposed to put it together? Like, it's kind of a mystery. Well, and not to get all sad again, but um, my sister died in a car accident and she had a favorite cookie and my grandma never like wrote down the recipe really. And so my aunt Karen has tried to like recreate Laura's cookies and we finally think we got it a couple years ago. But like for years we were trying to figure out because they were these almost they were sugar cookies, but they they were so light yeah. They're almost like just al- crushed almonds. Oh, wow. Like really finely ground pecans, actually, not almonds. Yeah. Um, so you have to get the texture right of that. But nobody really had ever written down the recipe. So these Laura's cookies for my whole family are really meaningful. See, but we couldn't find the recipe. I think it's like sending someone that. Like, I would love to get that in the mail from you. With like the a story? card. Yeah, with yeah. the story. Like, that's my point is like during this time when we feel cut off and we're staring at our screens the whole time, to be able to go to your mailbox and get an envelope that has a beautiful stamp on it and then open that up and have like a human connection with someone you've never met before. I think that, and especially a kitchen connection because it's like during these times right now, it's like what you said in the soup thing, you cook because that's how you process emotion. Yeah. Why can't we connect to each other this way? I think this is a good idea. Me too. I'm in. I'm excited. All right. So here's the deal. You guys, we're going to post the link up. Uh, for the Elfster, and it's feast season is what I'm calling it, S-Z-N, and hashtag feast mail recipe swap. Now, here's the deal. It says the gift exchange date is uh, November 10th. The last date, RSVP, is November 1st. That's all just that's all just the construction of the software. You basically go ahead and you enter, and you have to join up on the, on the Elfster page. You sign up, and, and you are going to want to check a box of whether or not you're up for sending things internationally. But this is not about gifts. Remember that this is just the software using for this. So go, so Sunday, November 1st is the day that I want you guys to sign up for if you can, because then the, this software will automa- automatically draw 
the next day. Okay. I'm not doing the matching. The software is going to do the matching. Right. And then it'll send you a note that says, this is your person to send to. And then hopefully somebody else will have gotten your name and then they will get that. And so we're saying gift exchange date is November 10th. That's just, it, you can do it anytime at that point. After you get your name, feel free to go forth and do all the signing up of the ways you want. If you have any questions, if something gets wonky or whatever, I'm going to tell you right now that I set up an email account, uh, feastmailinfo at gmail. So if you have any questions about this for that, if something's going weird or, and we'll talk about this as we get going, you know, or, you know, like when it launches, but um, yeah, that's, you can just send a note there and I'll answer it. And hopefully we can like get recipes from each other and tag them and post them on Instagram and whatever with the hashtag feast mail. And we can see what everybody's doing. And if you feel like you are, you know, happy with your pen pals, your kitchen pen pals, and you want more, we can set that up so it'll draw again. So you can get more people in it. So that's what I'm hoping. Okay. This Feast sounds mail. like a lot of management for I know. you. Well, that's why I set up the separate stuff. So this is just a separate thing that'll happen. Not necessarily to do with my jobs. Okay. Because <laughs> you don't need another job. No, Smarty. but like I said, I'm not matching people. The software is matching okay. people. So I don't have to sit and do that at my kitchen table. But I am going to send... Some interesting recipes I'm excited about. Yeah, I'm excited too. Yeah, I'm excited. So there you go. So that's Feast Mail. Uh, and we are, uh, and we'll talk about it again next week and it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, we are going to take a quick great break. And when we come back, it will be the Ask Stephanie portion. So make sure to give us a call 651 641 1071. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. This is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show, gang. So if you want to give us a call, 651-641-1071. Or if you want to send us a note on the Twitters or on the Facebooks, all that stuff, we'll try to answer everything we can get. Um, Or if you want to send us an email, those don't come in as fast for uh, us all the time, but we'll get to them. Yes, we will. Um, So while we're waiting for you guys to call 651-641-1071, I will tell you that uh, I did I did watch Hereditary last night. Okay, this was the scary movie we talked about last week with Tony Collette. Yeah, here's the problem. (laughs) I watched it with a group full of teenagers, most of whom have seen that before. And basically talked the entire time. Okay, because I watched it alone while I was wrapping Christmas gifts, and I was terrified. I got to tell you, I was a little bit like, I mean, I'd had some drinkies elsewhere, and I came home, (laughs) and the, you know, the little clutch of humans were in my living room, and I was like, I mean, that's our pod. And (laughs) so I was like, uh, and they're like, we're going to watch Hereditary. I'm like, yes, excited. And then... Basically, the entire time was like, okay, okay, well, this is that, and then and this guy, and well, okay, this is okay. I'm like, oh my god, this is I don't understand what's going on because I can't get into this movie, so I'm mad. I'm bummed because I didn't think it was scary, and it's because I was I yeah. didn't get to get into it because the premise is real scary and the acting is great. Oh well, and I will. There's a yes. few gotchas that Tony are excellent. Tony is beyond. I kept saying, you guys have got to watch Muriel's Wedding. And they were like, what? <laughs> they don't, I don't know if they're Muriel's Wedding type of kids. But um, I, did, I did see where I, if I was watching it by myself, and I would like get into like the quietness of it too. Plus, I will say also that uh, Henry, who is you know my bonus child, one of them, was like, you he goes if you rewatch he goes if you watch this again by yourself you'll catch so many things that that are important to the story so 
Okay. Another great show, if you like Tony Collette, and I just thought of it, is Wanderlust. Have you ever watched that? No. It's really good. It's a British television drama. Um, it, it is uh, about a woman who decides that she wants to have an open marriage. Oh. And then her and her husband both agree, and they have adult kids that are kind of like, oh, our parents, whatever. Parents, oh, my God. And then, like, the guy kind of finds someone he likes. So really? it's very good. It's very well acted. It's called Wanderlust. Okay, if you're looking Wanderlust. for a new show. Okay, bitch. good. All right, 651-641-1071 if you want to call up and ask us about the kitchen, pen, pal, recipe swap, if you have any takeout issues. Hey, guess what? We actually put together an outdoor eating patio guide. <laughs> you did? Yes, we finally did an MSP mag. I know. I was like, guys, it feels a little late. And they're like, no, now it's most important. Okay. So anyway, we do have a list. I will post that too to to the Facebooks, but that's, you know, basically I know a lot of people this week. I feel bad. A lot of restaurants this week were really hoping for a good patio, you know, week and that just got dashed. Yep. But I took out twice this week. I did what a ghost kitchen takeout. Oh, good. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more of that. We're going to see a ton more of that. Um, actually. Malia just sent us a picture of her can of cooked wild rice soup. Oh, good. Or cooked wild rice, excuse me, that she's going to do something with. Oh, so that's do fun. it and let us know. Yeah. yeah what she let us know what you're doing with it. it. That just screams casserole to me when I look at that casserole. can. Casserole. It's a TM for a casserole. Uh, I am subscribing to a Midwestern newsletter, food newsletter. You know, I've basically have got like six subscriptions. Yep, your newsletter crazy. Yep. And um and they did a tater tot casserole as their thing and I just deleted it. I didn't even read it. Because if you're gonna call it casserole and not hot dish, I don't want to talk to you. All right, we do have Tanya on the line. Tanya, what's going on today? I just wanted to comment on your wild rice in a can. Um I've used it several times it just makes my wild rice soup recipe go so much faster. Oh. And I love it. I, I absolutely highly, highly recommend. Okay. Okay. We so. get an endorsement from Tanya on the uh, wild rice soup in a can. I love it. Yep. It's canoe brand. Okay. That's and it is still Northern. I just posted. Yeah. It's still a Minnesota brand. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, thanks, for the, thanks for the endorsement, Tanya. All right. We have Sydney on the line. What's going on today, Sydney? Well, I have a question for you. Okay. I, First of all, I don't like to cook at all, so the amount of time I spend in the kitchen, the least the best. Um, I have a question about refrigerating stuff after you've taken it out of the oven, like when you have leftovers. I have a huge pot of leftover uh, spaghetti sauce with tortellini. How long do I have to let it cool before I put it in the fridge? You don't. You don't. You can actually, I mean, as long as you're putting it in stable, uh, you know, like a... Like Tupperware. Uh, Tupperware that's not going to, it's not too, too thin that it won't buckle under the heat, but you can stick that. Restaurants do that all the time. They basically, you know, cook things and then stick them in the walk in. So oh, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. That's good. You know, your oven heats up a little bit, or that happens with my freezer because I put cans of soup or jars of soup in there. Yeah. And the oven. Your the fridge freezer freezes up a little bit. Yeah, and you get a little bit of if you can condensation. Leave, and if you want to leave it the top off, you know, for a few minutes while you're letting the steam go and everything else, that's the restaurants do that too. They stick those huge cooling wands, you know, into yes. things because you want to get it past. The deal is you don't want it to linger in the danger zone, and the danger zone is that room temperature area because when it's too hot, it's not gonna you're not gonna get bacteria, and when it's really cold, you're not. It's that middle. 
That's why you don't let the turkey sit out for 17 hours. Right. That <laughs> it's and that the dog will eat it off the counter. Temperatures down. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, do you want to talk about ghost kitchens quickly? Sure. Um, because I want to know who did you get your ghost kitchen? Who did um, you use? Kenwood Food and Beverage. That's the one I'm going to try next. But I, I'm going to see how they're going to deliver all the way out to me in the... Uh, in the boons. Yeah. Um, do you use DoorDash or do you use I Bite Squad? Bite Squad for that. Okay. I use both. And um, I I mean, my husband got a Red Cow Burger, which he likes. I got a Caesar salad a bowl. Yeah. And then um, we had some chicken and it was good. It was good. It was delivery good. Like, did you get French fries or did you get tater tots? We got French fries and they were good. Everybody and should... they were hot. Oh, they were. And I was surprised. Huh. So that would be like, because I was just complaining last weekend about it. Yeah. They didn't have tots as an option. Uh, they just had fries. Yeah. What was a little interesting is I got to the door and the guy was bringing the food up and I had my tip in my hand and my dog kind of came around the corner and he shouted, no dogs, no dogs. I was like, okay, the fine. Yeah. Like I'm coming out. Yep. I just wow. He was very terrified of the, the new dog. delivery guys are like the new mailmen kind of a thing. Yeah, you exactly. Know? Hey, we have Carol on the line quickly. Carol, what's going on today? Hey, girls, I'm excited for the Gopher game tonight. Yeah. I'm just excited for college football again, Big Ten football. Um, first of all, I just have to say you guys are so unique in this market. It's the only show of its kind. I just I get such joy from you. So thank you for doing Aww. this show. What a good heart. Love, love, love. I love that. Yay. And um, this is for Hanson, Stephanie Hanson. How did you meet Jason Matheson? How did I meet him? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. If you want the story, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. (laughs) I had a radio show on my talk from one to three with a woman named Meredith. Yep. And she got let go. And I was sort of lingering around and they said, well, we don't want to fire you, but what do you want to do? I said, I want to do a food show. So oh. I, they said, okay, well, we don't know what we're doing yet, so just hang tight. So I warmed the seat while they contract negotiated with Mr. Matheson. No way. Yes. yes. Finally, he announces <laughs> that he's coming to my talk. He's taking my time slot, and I end up with the food show with Smart. Oh, so, my God. Yeah. I was, and yet you, you persevered and you made such good friends. And we weren't friends at first. I was going to no. say, this is not, this has been an evolution. <laughs> She doesn't. She she holds grudges, you guys. Oh. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> oh, she does. She's Salty. human. She's human. Yeah. Clearly, you are the superior human being, Stephanie Hanson. Oh, <laughs> thank you. No, I was it, when Jason tells the story too about the Hubbard holiday party and running into me and my husband and me saying congratulations to him, and he said his partner Colin was there. And was just like the look in your eyes when you were like, well, I guess congratulations is in order. Yeah. Their friendship has been a long, hard yeah, fought. But one. it all worked out. But you know, those are the best kinds. And I'll be I'll be 100% honest. He is so much better at what he does than I ever was. Well, oh. he's he just, a professional I, yes. and this is his actual career. And it became well. so clear when they yeah. put him on the air. I was like, oh, oh. Yeah. Let's be yeah. fair. Let's be fair. I think, you know, Stephanie, you were absolutely spot on with that comment. This is his career. Yeah. But the cool thing is watching you two whenever you interact, I mean, it's a fascinating kind of sibling-esque thing that is so supportive and so caring. You can tell you both love each other. So kudos to you for overcoming what could have been a really messy professional scandal. Oh, thanks. thanks for the call today, Carol. Yeah, You're just lifting us up. Uh, really. It's nice. Well, and uh, 
time frame where there's not a lot of nice. That was really lovely. That was really good. And so we're gonna we're gonna we have had a couple emails too. Stuff, but we're gonna wrap out on this one. Swap. Okay, good. We're gonna wrap out on this. We'll come back. We'll do the top two at hour two, and then we got more stuff for you. Well, so stay tuned for the second hour of Weekly Dish on My Talk 107.1.